Hey friends, it's Ian from TV's The Recovering Gleek colon Ugly Podcast. When Lena and I first decided to make this podcast, we quickly realized we had literally zero idea of how to make that happen. Thankfully, a friend of ours recommended the podcasting platform Anchor. Anchor is free. It has all of the tools you need to record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer. You can even add songs from Spotify into it. And the absolute most amazing thing about Anchor is that they will distribute your podcast for you. So anywhere that you listen to Recovering Gleek, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever weird third-party app you're using, it is there because Anchor put it there. And the icing on the cake is that you can make money from your podcast through Anchor with no minimum listenership. All you have to do is record an ad, which is why I am recording an ad right now, because I want money very badly. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, I'm recording. I'm also <laughs> recording. Hopefully my technical difficulties have chilled the F out because I'm over it. Well, it's a Monday and it's a Bones Day. Do you follow Noodle on TikTok? I know, but I what? do know what Bones Days are because I was so confused by the concept that I finally did research and figured it out. Okay, good. Well, it's a Bones Day, so I'm hoping that everything works out for us. Noodle told me to treat myself today. You should follow Noodle on TikTok. For our listenership who does not know who Noodle is, they can know. You describe they this? know. <laughs> I guarantee at least one of our listeners does not. Uh, the namesake of this episode, my big brother, Alex. <laughs> so Noodle is a 14-year-old pug. Maybe he's 13. He's like 13 or 14 on TikTok. And every morning his owner um, goes to him and like tries to see if he woke up with bones, which means like he tries to pick him up and stand his little arms up because sometimes he'll just like flop down and he doesn't like and act like he doesn't have bones. But sometimes he wakes up with bones. And so he's like our oracle. So he like lets us know what kind of day we're going to have today. So yesterday we had a no bones day. Today, Monday the 18th, was a Bones Day. So bones treat yourself. Day, maybe. Let's hope that today, Wednesday the 20th, when you're all listening to it, is also a Bones Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you'll know because heaven knows you all follow Noodle on TikTok. And if you don't, what the fuck are you doing? Happy Bones Day, everyone. Mm-hmm. May you live every day as if it is a Bones Day. Wow. Welcome to Recovering Gleek, a podcast for all of your complicated feelings about the TV show Glee. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Recovering Gleek, colon, ugly podcast. What the fuck are you laughing at? I just imagined a version of this podcast where I, uh, you repeat everything I say, but as a song. Sweet. So just call and response singing. <laughs> Let's try it out. My name. My name. Is Ian Allred. Is Ian Allred. And I'm a Gleek. And I'm a Gleek. Uh, that person singing. That person singing is my co-host LPC Lena Coaster. Is my co-host LPC Lena Coaster? (laughs) You jerk! (laughs) You jerk! (laughs) Rumor has it she's also a Gleek. And rumor has it she is also a Gleek. 
Maluma has it. Are you excited for the new Adele album? Didn't it already come out? I don't know. I'm, no, just I don't the, know anything the about single. music. <laughs> just the single. Easy on me. You know that one? Have you listened no. to it? No. Like, what is up with you? You don't know who Noodle is? You haven't listened to the new Adele single? I do know you? who Noodle is. You don't we follow Noodle. I don't follow Noodle. Well, theory, I have a, I have, a, I've got a fan theory about you is that you don't know who Noodle is and you just got me to explain who Noodle was <laughs> so you would know who Noodle is. I'm like, I, to, I, to, Lena, I totally understand what you're saying. I yeah, totally get it. I get, it. get your references. In. But just in case someone listening doesn't, could you explain? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> um, good for Adele. Genuinely, Adele is very talented, and I've yet to hear an Adele song I did not like. I just, you know, I don't listen to music. I don't know what to tell everyone. That's true. You're always listening to, like, White Noise and also Natasha, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 exclusively. That <laughs> Those is are the such two a things lie. you listen to. <laughs> White noise, I don't know if that was a joke, but that actually is kind of accurate. Really? But yeah. If I like really need to focus on something, it's how I make my brain shut up. Oh, I like that. But Natasha Pierre over my dead body, am I listening to that? What? The hard thing about you not liking that musical is that you'd be so motherfucking good in that show, it makes me angry. You'd be much better for that show than I would be. Granted, I think I would be good for that show, but I don't think... I'm as good as you are for that show, and it paces me off. It keeps never me up at night. Never did I ever say that I don't want to be in that show. I if know, but you would be a butthead about it Anatole, the whole time. You'd be I a butthead. I absolutely would not. <laughs> I would be in that show in a heartbeat. I have similar feelings about that show that I have with Mamma Mia, which is that <gasps> I have no interest in seeing Mamma Mia. Like, I'm not going to pay money to see Mamma Mia, but I would die to be in Mamma Mia. Listen. Like, I think it would be a blast, and I think being in The Great Comet would be so much fun. I but do. I, don't I think have I'm a fan theory about it. you. I have a fan theory about you. That, <laughs> I love these um, fan theories. <laughs> you know me, I'm full of them. That if you were in it, I think you would like really I think find I would an too. appreciation for it. I think and it would like, grow on me, and I really like it. Yeah. And I think that's the an interesting thing about that show is it's kind of like... It's hard to just listen to, because it's just mm-hmm. like... Kind of, it's kind of an abrasive one. Yes. Did you see my tweet the other day? No, I don't think so. I don't go on. I don't think you follow me on uh, any social media fan theory. You don't give a shit about my social media. (laughs) I've actually blocked you on all social media. I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) Um, But I tweeted the other day. I was like, I can't wait to get old to get older. I said, um, and play Donna until I die in Mamma Mia because I did. I would be. Did you like it? I think I did. Or did you block me? Fan theory, you blocked that's, me. <laughs> that's the tweet that made me block you. I was like, uh, this bitch likes Mamma Mia, I'm out. You know I like Mamma Mia. I do, and I understand the appeal for Mamma Mia. I genuinely do. I think it is yeah. one of the like best on Jukebox musicals. Mm-hmm. I just like, I just don't love Jukebox musicals, you know? I know, yeah. You'd be so good in all of them, though. All Shook Up, put your ass in that show now. I would love, I, once again... I would love to be in these shows. I just am not interested in paying to see them. <laughs> you know who probably does a bunch of jukebox musicals at the community theater? Who? Cooper fucking Anderson. <laughs> okay, but we can't talk about this episode yet because I'm sitting on a bomb piece of information. 
that I have been telling you about for days now. For days. I really have. I have it written into my notes for this episode. Remind Ian to talk about Chris Colfer. So you're sitting on a bummer piece of information and I'm ready yes. to hear it. And I refuse to like tell Lena the specifics because... I, it has to be on the podcast. Listen, as a person who like has like such anxiety, I like cry every day about it. I don't like when you fucking do that. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, it will okay. be worth it. <laughs> I'm um, excited. Also, fan theories was a perfect segue because this is all fan theorizing. Oh, hell yeah. I'm in. Okay, so the first twist in this story is that when I told you to remind we're me to talk about- We're barely on the trail and we're twisting. I'm yeah. so excited. When I told you to remind me to tell you about Chris Colfer, I did not mean C-H-R-I-S Colfer. I meant C-R-I-S-S Colfer, as in the Darren Chris Chris oh, Colfer yes. ship name that oh, fans my gosh. made up. Listen, I that's a twist. You're right. So we've mentioned this before. You know- there were and are a million Klain shippers, and God bless you all. Yeah. You know, Klain you keep was the like, world going round. I yeah. swear to God. And like, Klain was really big for LGBTQ plus representation on television. Yep. Wonderful, fantastic. Um, a minority of these Klain shippers got a little too into the ship and decided that the actors themselves were in love with each other. Yeah. Everyone, please ship fictional characters to your heart's content. Do whatever makes you happy. Do not ship actual people, especially ones that you do not know, Mm -hmm. especially to the point where you are harassing them and telling them that they need to admit that they have feelings for each other (laughs) and they need to stop lying about not being gay. It is horrifying. Oh, yeah. The only couple you're allowed to do that with, straight up. No. I was going to say me and Adam Driver, but that's not as fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, please, please start shipping Lena and Adam Driver and harass Adam Driver about it. We beg of you. Yeah, he has no social media. I hope you find him. I'm kidding. Do not. <laughs> Anyways, my favorite thing to ever come out of the Chris Cole for shippers is when Jesse Tyler Ferguson tweeted, stop asking me if I'm a Chris Cole for shipper. I am in my 30s. <laughs> I feel like I remember hearing about that. But anyways, Chris Colfer was a really big ship back when Glee was airing. Mm-hmm. It was unhealthy and weird because it was yes. about real people. But mm-hmm. like, you know, it was a bunch of teenagers who were just like really invested in these fictional characters that took a little too far. Yeah. This show has been off the air for six years. Uh-huh. In the underbelly of the internet, there are still Chris Colfer shippers just like feeding off of each other surviving this long, long hiatus of uh-huh. Chris Colfer content. Uh-huh. Uh, this community is still alive and well. Okay. Keep in mind, this is like a, a fandom, like a, a shipping fandom that started a decade ago, and I don't think people are joining it right now. So yeah. all the people who are still shipping Chris Colfer are at least a decade older, therefore legal adults in their 20s and maybe 30s. They're our age. <laughs> still hoping that these two real people, one of whom is married, the other And has whom, a baby on the way. Did you yeah, see that? The, yes. That's what this is about. <gasps> the other you were sitting has on had a bomb up yeah, the other of whom has had a serious boyfriend for like a long time yeah. are going to end up together. Right. So, Darren Chris and his wife Mia 
announced the other day that they're expecting. Congratulations for them. Very yeah. happy for them. That's very exciting. Definitely. The Instagram account, <laughs> the day that they announced the baby, posted. It's just like a picture of Darren, Chris, and Jane Lynch, like whatever. But yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you just the the highlights of the caption they posted. Okay, got it. I'm excited. Can't say I'm surprised whatsoever. Honestly, I feel awful for the child, whosever child <gasps> it is. Ben's surrogate, if she's truly pregnant, because, you know, that's always on the table. Born to that woman and a severely closeted man who can't keep it in his pants, not a life I'd wish on anyone. <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to, be, to be quite honest, I don't even care anymore. They're both fake. Their lives are fake. They treat their fans like garbage, the fans they have left. They're leaving in droves. Darren can't sell out even the smallest venue. And as we've discovered these past 18 months, life's too short to waste it on toxicity. It's the last ace up their sleeves that Darren and his team have left. No one is buying or has ever bought into the sham. Desperate times. I believe that in the not too far future, their careers will fail. And there'll be a footnote note on wiki pages. Such a shame, too. Wasted talent. Y'all on Twitter having a good time right now will have forgotten all about them as you grow up and move on. Trust me. I'm sure someone will let me know when their lives implode. I certainly won't be watching. Although the gossip columns are going to have a field day with this. So that's in response to like the very positive news that Darren Chris is fully having a baby. That is with so mean. His wife. That is so mean. And the comments, the comments are like, I can't even describe the betrayal I feel. <gasps> you guys, huh? this is this is why like this is like the part of being famous that is yeah. so toxic and I do not envy at all. We don't know these people. Yeah, at and the all. way, the way that people, this like group of people, which once again is like a very small minority, but they're very dedicated. The way that this group of people just decided that Darren Chris and Chris Colfer were in love with each other because of characters they played on a TV show a decade ago, and can't get over it to the fact that they are harassing him, trash talking his wife, calling their marriage a sham, saying that he is a severely closeted man and the baby is a sur- is like from a surrogate. I don't like that. That hurts my stomach. They posted something recently. They posted something today. Also, this account posts like four things a day. Maybe Just, we shouldn't say who this account is. Great. I'll block it. I'll block that out. We'll bleep it out. <laughs> I just don't want anyone to harass them. Just talking to a friend who said, what if M, which is Mia, his wife, yes. is the surrogate for Chris and Darren? Oh, <laughs> my God. But I'd never use M because she's very unhealthy and a poor choice to carry <gasps> a baby. Oh, my God. Who the fuck is this? Are you kidding me? This woman who... What? Um, I cannot. They get posted over... this today. This is from yesterday. Okay. I can't. That was a no over... bones day. That makes sense. Yeah, no bones day. Honestly, <laughs> I'll give him a pass. It was a no bones day. It was a no bones day. <laughs> I cannot get over how awful D's team is, Darren, or how stupid or brainwashed he is for listening to them. They should have capitalized on his massive success after Glee. Instead, they superglued the glass door, made everything about the beard, promoted the fake wedding for two years, and nothing worked. Darren can't play straight to save his life. 
Every time they pull this, <laughs> the general public laughs. So now the baby, predictable, sad, but very predictable. Such a waste of talent. Now they're scrambling, trying to attract the teenagers who don't have the money or means. The adults who have been loyal for years are on eBay selling their concert tickets, trying to offload as crappy merchandise. It didn't have to be this way. Tragic. Oh, who is this person? Hey, if you're a Chris Colfer shipper, maybe uh, check yourself into therapy, please. <laughs> you don't know these people. You don't know their lives. Maybe like calm down, hey, especially if you are like most likely 30 years old. <laughs> Listen, I think you can like like the idea of those two being yes. together for yeah. sure. You can ship them. I think shipping like people is like mostly harmless. But like once it comes to like you are like harassing people online and especially like Darren's wife, like that's really fucked up, you know? Like they're real people and yeah. that's their real family. Like that's so mean. Oh, that makes me see that makes me feel bad. Well, uh, congratulations to Darren Chris and his wife. Uh, we're very sorry that there are crazy people out there. May you That's have a good really Bones terrible. Day. <laughs> I hope you have a Bones Day soon. Well, today's a Bones Day. I hope I you hope, just never see honestly, it. Honestly, I hope you That's have some Bones years. <laughs> honestly. Well, the thing is, is like uh, with that kind of stuff, I just hope they never see that kind of stuff. And I'm yeah. sure they don't. But yeah, oh, that sucks. No, like. I don't know. We've talked about this before. We talked about this, frankly, we talked about this when it was really popular to bully Matthew Morrison. Yeah. Like, you guys, you can do whatever you want with these people's characters. You can want their characters to get together. You can hate their characters. You, yeah. whatever. These actors are real human beings who were just doing their job. Do not harass them. Do not bully yeah. them. Do not, like, write rude messages about their loved ones because they didn't end up marrying the person you wanted them to marry. Yeah, like oh, they're not absolutely. your toys. They are real people who were just doing a job. Yeah. Let's respect that. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Are you ready to talk about Big Brother? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. You know who's fucking in this episode, yo? Matt Bomer. Bomer. <laughs> we're obsessed with Matt Bomer on this podcast. You're gonna find out why in the Glax. Uh, do you have? But, but so we're excited. big. We're big Matt Bomer fans. We have yeah. him for a while. But listen, we ship Matt Bomer we t- <laughs> and a little place called the Utah Shakespeare Festival. <laughs> also, my favorite thing about our obsession with Matt Bomer is I can honestly say I have never seen anything he has ever been in outside of this one episode of Glee. <laughs> I did not watch White Collar. I did not watch Magic Mike. I did not watch Chuck. I have never seen anything else he's ever been in. I have seen Chuck. He's very good in Chuck. My I was a my family was a big fan of Chuck. Um, He was in Boys in the Band, which I saw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, he's in like a couple things with American Horror Story. I don't think I ever got that far though. Yeah, no, he's a big Ryan Murphy guy. Like, he's in quite a few Ryan Murphy projects. All right, let's get into it. Let's hit up some Glax, baby. I'm so excited. Oh, Oh, yeah, it's time for the Glax. So Big Brother is the 15th episode of season three. It is the 59th episode overall. It aired on April 10th, 2012. This is a full month and a half after On My Way. On My Way aired on February 21st. So interesting. The car crash cliffhanger was truly a cliffhanger. They made people wait like I don't know this math, like six ish weeks to find yeah. out what happened to Quinn. Eek. 
This episode was directed by our fave, Marty McFly, that almost was, Eric <sighs> Stoltz. I love you, Eric Stoltz. Love you, man. It was written by, honestly, I'm going to say it, I think my second favorite Glee writer, Michael Hitchcock. It's a little premature. I know you love Michael Hitchcock. We just haven't seen a lot of Michael Hitchcock. I know. It's a little episodes. premature because this is only his second episode. Yeah. But his first one was Mash Off, which we both yeah. were like, this episode rocks. Yeah, totally. Mash Off rocks. And I mostly just like Michael Hitchcock for his work outside of Glee. Like, I just think he's a very funny man. He also totally. was a writer on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I love. Oh, I don't think I knew that. That's awesome. Yeah. But spoiler alert, I really liked this episode of Glee. And I also really liked Mash Off. Mm-hmm. And I think that he gets the Glee vibe of yeah. the like cartoony ridiculousness, but also totally. having like a heart to it. So what up, Michael Hitchcock? Good job. Songs in this episode. I'm Still Standing by Elton John, sung by Quinn and Artie. As of this number, every duet pair from the episode ballad in season one has now sung a duet. So in okay. season one, there's that episode ballad where they all yes. drew names out of a hat to find out who their duet partner was. And the only one we ever saw sing together was Will and Rachel. Yes. Uh, now, as of this point, every single one of those pairings has actually sang a duet. Great. Quinn and Artie were a pair. They have now sung I'm Still Standing. And then they will sing Up, Up, Up in the same episode. Well, I remember we when that episode was happening, we were like, I wish we could have seen them sing. So I'm glad yeah. we got it. Well, here it is. Year and a half later, we got it. <laughs> two years later, two and a half years yeah. later. Uh, Puck and Mercedes were a pair. They sang Ladies a Tramp in Laryngitis. Mm-hmm. Finn and Kurt were a pair. This one's kind of a stretch. They sang A House is Not a Home in Home. Yeah. But that more feels like Kurt Hummel featuring Finn Hudson because yes. Finn just gets like three like lines verse, in the bridge. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Tina and Mike were a pair. They sang Sing in Duets and L-O-V-E in Heart. Mm-hmm. Santana and Brittany were a pair. They sang Me Against the Music in Brittany, Brittany. Then, after this, we get Hungry Like the Wolf slash Rio by Duran Duran, sung by Blaine and Cooper. I'm just going to say right now, you don't have to like Duran Duran. Just I, love me. I'm so glad that you said that. This is why we're best friends. Thank you <laughs> I, for doing that. You really did me a service today. You really blessing me on this bones day. <laughs> I truly cannot listen to a song by Duran Duran Honestly, I never without can. thinking of that lyric. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um during this number there is a shot where Santana's stand-in can clearly be seen instead of Naya Rivera. It's just like oh. an extra in a Cheerios uniform. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time in the show that Blaine sings a duet with someone who is not Kurt or Rachel. Also, in season 2 sectionals in special education, Kurt suggested that the Warblers perform Rio at sectionals. And now, oh, King Warbler wow. himself, Blaine, yeah. is performing Rio. Wow. Then we got Fighter by Christina Aguilera, sung by Blaine. Then Up, Up, Up by Givers, sung by Quinn and Artie again. Uh, so we had our first Quinn and Artie duet at the beginning of this season. Very exciting. Uh, uh, beginning of this episode, very exciting. Uh, and then we get our last Quinn and Artie duet of the entire series <laughs> right here. Wow. What a short-lived pair. <laughs> And then finally, to bring it on home, we got Somebody That I Used to Know by One Hit Wonder Extraordinaire Gautier, featuring Kimbra, performed by Blaine and Cooper. Truly the anthem of 2012. Holy cow, this song was everywhere. Frankly, hear me out. I got sick of a lot of songs. 
I truly, I don't think, got very sick of this song. I think it's very good. This song rocks. Yeah. It's excellent. Man, Gautier, whatever happened to you, bud? Come I know. On. That music video is so cool. It Do you is. remember when the band uh, sang it on one guitar? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where there was like five people around <gasps> one guitar? Oh, yeah. I think that's Walk the Moon, if I'm not mistaken. No, I was wrong. It's Walk Off the Earth. Very Honestly, close. that's the same thing. If you're gonna walk <laughs> off the earth, where do you onto think you're gonna the land? Moon. Come the on. moon. Walk <laughs> off the earth onto the moon. All right. This episode guest stars. You know him, you love him. Matt but not as much as Bomer. Ian and I. Not as much. We love him more. We are the number one Matt Bomer fans. Seriously. Matt Bomer as Cooper Anderson. I did not realize this until Glee Wiki pointed it out. Cooper Anderson is just the inverse of Anderson Cooper. I love Anderson Da-da-tsh. Cooper. Oh my gosh. All right. So Matt Bomer is, wouldn't you know it, an actor. He won a Golden Globe and was nominated for an Emmy for the TV film The Normal Heart, which was about the AIDS crisis in New York. Mm. Uh, he played Bryce on Chuck. He played Neil Caffrey in White Collar. He is currently playing Larry Trainer in Doom Patrol. He played Ken in both Magic Mike movies. Mm-hmm. He is a big Ryan Murphy guy. He and Ryan Murphy are friends. He only got on Glee in the first place because he texted Ryan Murphy and was like, hey, you should do uh, somebody that I used to know on Glee. And Ryan Murphy was like, oh, yeah, I've been thinking about it. And then the next day, Ryan Murphy texted him and was like, would you like to be the one who sings it? And that's how he got the job offer to be on Glee. Dude, that is my dream. Oh, my gosh. To, like, text my friend with an idea and then being like, that's a great idea. Come on down. Yeah, be on my show. Let's do it. Come on. (sighs) Yeah, so he and Ryan Murphy are friends. Where are all of my high-powered friends? Come on. He is in this episode of Glee, obviously. And then he pops up in a couple seasons of American Horror Story. He's also in American Horror Stories. The, like, mm-hmm. new spinoff that's just, like, a different story every episode. He was in an episode of The New Normal. He directed an episode of The Assassination of Gianni Versace, starring uh-huh. his on-screen younger brother, Daring Chris. Mm-hmm. He's been on Broadway a few times. Most recently, he was in the 2018 revival of The Boys in the Band. He then uh, revived his role for the film adaption, which is the one that you saw. Mm-hmm. You but- think I didn't see it on Broadway? Oh, did you see it on Broadway? I sure didn't, but I did see it on Netflix. <laughs> I You're just, right. I, I was, <laughs> it was just freaking presumptuous of you. <laughs> well, what's I you, was what's right. that a fan theory? <laughs> I knew you in 2018 and I don't remember you going to New York that year. I think I did actually. Oh. In October. Dang, well. I really did. I took my sister. You know who else was there? Matt Bomer, baby. Yeah, and I didn't freaking oh. see a show. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the Matt Bomer, you know, he's had an illustrious career. He graduated from Carnegie Mellon. He's been mm-hmm. on Broadway. He's been on TV. He's been in movies. He's Emmy nominated. His most important credit, really his career defining role, what truly put him on the map, made a movie is today, <laughs> is that he <laughs> played Isakar. In the 1998 production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, maybe I'm mistaken, but didn't you play It's a Car at the Utah Shakespeare Festival in 2019? You better believe it. 
<laughs> Why do you think Matt Bomer and I are so similar? We both played Isakar at You're the Utah stealing his whole bag. 21 years apart. Get ready for the Glee reboot. I am playing Blaine's older brother, baby. And I'm, I'm coming playing for you, Blaine. Matt Bomer. And Lena is playing Blaine. <laughs> Matt Bomer, I'm coming for your bag. You better watch out. I'm going to play every role you've ever played, sucker. Okay, so Lena and I are truly awful people. No, we're not. Um, we're not. We're very funny people. We found out that summer of 1998, Matt Bomer's at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. He's playing Isakar. Yes. We know like a few people who were in that production slash uh-huh. were just like working at USF at the time. Also, I found a picture of him in that production. I will put it on our Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, but we found out that someone we know was dating, <gasps> dating him. Dating him. Dating him. Like fully, someone that we know. Fully dating Magic Mike's Matt Bomer while they both worked at the U- Utah Shakespeare Festival. And the USF has housed the actors in the same apartment complex since like the 80s. The dawn of freaking time. <laughs> since like, since like. The dinosaurs were on the earth. The actors have been living in that same apartment complex. So Lena and I have this bit. We're so awful. This really does make us bad people. (laughs) Every time we entered a new apartment, like a new room in that complex that we hadn't been in, we would say to each other. Please do not tell Matt Bomer this. I'm not going to say the name. Oh, don't tell Matt Bomer this either. We'd be like, do you think Matt Bomer and Redacted had sex in this room? <laughs> oh my gosh, and also, that does make us terrible people. <laughs> since since they've been housing actors in those apartments since the Big Bang, there are a lot of just like mysterious stains. Everywhere. Just like nondescript, suspicious stains on everything. Yeah. And we used to refer to the stains on our couches. No, don't say it. I won't say it. You can fill in the blank. <laughs> Honestly, you already know where this is going. <laughs> so we feel like we know Matt Bomer intimately. Intimately. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in every apartment in that freaking complex. You have no idea. And seriously, like we would be like, someone would invite us over for a party. And we would yeah. be like at this person's dinner party, sitting at the table. And one of us would lean over to the other and whisper and be like, do you think Matt Bomer and Redacted had sex in this room? And I'd go, definitely. <laughs> Matt Bomer, we love you. Call no, Matt Bomer, for real, we do love you. I have seen Magic Mike, and that movie is pretty weird. I frankly didn't enjoy it, but you are very good in it. Hear me out. I've only seen you in this episode of Glee, and you do a great job. Also, we both played Isakar. I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we were in the 2019 production of Joseph. I feel like we are connected to him. Mm -hmm. And that was the big deal is like when we were in Joseph, they kept being they kept saying we did the show 20 years ago, which was fully a lie. It was 21 years ago, but 20 years ago sounds better. And they were always like it was our best selling production we've ever done. And we're remounting it. And it's such a big deal. So Matt Bomer, 20 years apart, we're the same person. Seriously, holding hands parallel through time. Honestly, uh, there would be times on stage that uh-huh. I I could feel Matt Bomer with me. Definitely, I was I just like I feel a I feel a spiritual presence. It is Matt Bomer's hand on my shoulder, guiding <sighs> me through this performance, I helping me that. understand the character of Isakar, a character who has one line in the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he goes, it's a car. See the Sphinx? <laughs> oh, I love that. So that's our connection to Matt Bomer. Yeah. And that's what makes us terrible fucking people. <laughs> that's our connection to Matt Bomer's sex life. Oh All my right. gosh. I fa- love us. Other facts about this episode. Uh, so Darren Chris is Eurasian. Yes. And Blaine Anderson is also Eurasian. Canonically, like it's mentioned in the dialogue at a few points. Matt Bomer fully is not. He is just straight up Caucasian. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's confusing and it's never explained. So that's just a weird fact about this episode. Cool. This I wonder, episode, well, we could fan theory it. They are. They do have a big age gap. Yeah. And maybe they could have. Thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That it's from like a previous marriage. Totally. Because all the like big age gap friends I have are from like two yeah. different marriages. Yeah. Just like it would have been cool if they could like shout it out, you know, give us a little like, here you go. Totally. Absolutely. Wow. We really cracked that wide open. <laughs> Uh, this episode aired on National Sibling Day. Big Brother Baby. <gasps> siblings, 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 siblings. This is the first episode in the entire series where both Rachel and Mercedes are not featured on any songs. Oh, wow. Uh, the NCIS scene that Cooper has them act out in his acting class is from season one, episode 19, Dead Man Talking. During this episode, I keep wanting to refer to him as Matt Bomer. Yeah. Cooper. <laughs> Cooper talks about how he has an audition for what he believes is Transformers 4, and then the audition gets canceled, and then Blaine's like, well, let's film it anyway. Darren Chris and Matt Bomer actually filmed the audition. It is on YouTube, on <gasps> Glee's official YouTube channel. That's really cool. I've never seen it. And those are your glacks, baby. Thanks for those glacks, baby. You're welcome, baby. Let's start this bit again. We'll yeah, call let's, back. Let's call each other baby and talk about soup a lot. I think everyone will love it. Perfect. Well, frankly, that's one of my favorite bits we've ever done ever. So Honestly, are you ready me for too. Are you ready for a recap? I was born ready. Great. Here we go. Seriously, I don't what happened in this episode? I don't really know. I sat down to write the recap and I said, mm, maybe not. But I did it anyway. Okay. He's rich. What? Here's know. what you missed on Glee. Quinn returns to school after her car accident that left her temporarily temporarily wheel, wheelchair bound. She sings a song about standing with Artie because, of course, Principal Figgins tells Sue that if she cannot win another national championship, he will permanently give the Cheerios to bronze medalist Roz Washington. So she joins the nude erection, the nude erections. I don't know how to speak today, you guys. I thought it was a bones day. The seniors plan an inaccessible senior ditch day, so Quinn and Artie do their own thing. Blaine's wildly successful brother comes to town to teach all the kids about how to be a great actor and makes Blaine feel really bad. Finn questions what he wants to do with his future. Blaine and Cooper make up. Sue's baby is a girl! And that's Jimmy's on Glee! Woo! Woo! You ready to talk about this episode? I'm very ready to talk about this episode. Great. How'd you like it? I loved it. Good! I really like this episode. It felt very season one. Yeah. Um, One thing I really liked about it is one of the charms of Glee that I feel like kind of got lost when the show got huge was Mm -hmm. how the world was such a small pond. Yeah. Like it used to always make a lot of jokes about how like 
the stuff that happens in Glee actually is not a big deal. It's only a big deal to these characters. And right. like when they go to competitions, no one actually really cares about these competitions. Or like in Mattress, when they like get hired for a local commercial and they're like, yeah. oh my gosh, we're famous now. Like yeah. all of that stuff was really fun. And that vibe kind of got lost over mm-hmm. the years. But to have this episode where Cooper is like the spokesperson for a free credit report website. Yeah. And everyone is like losing their minds. So starstruck thinks he is like the most famous person on the planet is so funny and so charming and like everything I love about this show. And listen, very relatable. Mm -hmm. Like it's so, it's so tongue in cheek the entire thing, but you know that like, you know, guys exactly like this and you like, I treated guys exactly like that. The same way that these kids do. Oh, my gosh. Like and seeing like my friend's older brother who is like, you know, mildly successful at community theater. I, I would like chew my pants. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I'm a, I'm and I'm so obsessed with it. Like and it feels like an exclusively like and maybe I'm wrong, but may, like an exclusively theater kid thing that like I just feel like I'm so in on this joke. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. I love Cooper Anderson. It is so fucking funny. I know guys who like who act like that, who I have worked with professionally, who act just yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm obsessed. Yeah, Cooper is really written for the theater kids in the room. Mm-hmm. Like everything from like you said, the way he acts, the way people treat him, and then also his master class that he gives him. Oh my gives God. <laughs> is so, so, so funny. I think like a third of my notes are about that one scene. <laughs> I love that. Everything from like the lines he says to the way the other characters react to the stuff that yes. he's doing is so genius and totally. so funny. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yeah. And I feel like I have been all of the kids in that room, like at one mm-hmm. point, where I've been like Rachel eagerly taking notes and like, you know, trying to like be teacher's pet. And I've been like Sugar, like being really starstruck and like, you know, and I also have been Blaine, where it's like, are you guys fucking buying this? Like, what is going <laughs> on? You know what I mean? I am obsessed with that scene. Oh my gosh. All right. What do we want to talk about? I don't want to talk about anything but freaking <laughs> what's his face? Isakar from 1998. Honestly, I just want to talk about Isakar from USS 1998 production of Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. The Isakar from 2019's production of, two- Honestly, of Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat can get fucked. He can go straight to hell. I am sick of him. <laughs> sick of him. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. How do we want to break this down? We could. Okay. So there's like the Quinn thing. Yes. There's the. I got Quinn and Artie. I got Pinchel, which is Puckfin and Rachel. And frankly, okay. I have almost nothing to say. Okay. But like, if we have anything to say, we got to talk about that. Okay. I got um, Sue, which is like all of her pregnancy stuff and her taking over the Glee Club. Uh-huh. And then I got blooper, or should I say blizzacar? Blooper is good. Blizzacar. Blizzacar is better. Hear me out. Blizzacar. <laughs> Dude, listen. This is why our Glee podcast is legit. No one has this perspective. <laughs> no one. No one has ever talked about Matt <laughs> Bomer through the lens of him playing Isakar in the 1998 one production time. of Joseph at the Utah Shakespeare <laughs> Festival. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so like we've never we didn't see that production. I was two no. years old. No. <laughs> we just <laughs> I think it's, it's so fun. exciting. I Funny. think it's so exciting because we found it out by accident. Totally. I remember like my teacher told me and I he was like, oh, well, Matt I, Bomer was in that production. And I said, um, are you joking my ass right now? No, he was not. I was looking at photos because like we said, we were in that production and they kept talking a big game about how we did this production 20 years ago mm-hmm. and it was the most successful show we've ever done and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I was just curious. So I was Googling photos of it. And I clicked on one photo and I was like, upon Matt Bomer. Yeah. I was like, that looks like Blaine Anderson's brother. And then I read the (laughs) caption and I was like, that is fully Matt Bomer. Whoa. (laughs) So funny. We have to put a photo of him next to a photo of you in the Joseph costumes. (laughs) Battle of the Isacars. That's our weekly poll is which... Which is a car was better, Matt Bomer or me? But listen, buddy, I think you're going to be disappointed. I don't think so. Did Honestly, you see? Matt it's... Bomer, let's go to Fisty Cuffs. I'll take you down, brother. Fisty Cuffs. <laughs> you can tell I'm tough because I call it Fisty Cuffs. Wait, is it Fisty Cuffs or is it Fist to Cuffs? I know in, in Oliver, the musical... Uh, Dodger says fisticuffs, but that might be because he's got a Cockney accent. He's got an accent. <laughs> fisticuffs. So, wait, listen, you were the one who taught me about fisticuffs. Because I was in Oliver when I was 14. <laughs> well, I never got to be in that show. That show was for boys. <laughs> True. Honestly, Annie is better. Hear me out. You you did not miss well, out on much. Well, listen, is Annie better? Every time yes. I see it, I'm like, the conservative rhetoric in this is whack. <laughs> no, that is true. But it's still better. <laughs> I also feel like it's supposed to be satirical, but I'm not super yeah. sure. Yeah, I And that's the thing, too, is I am almost certain it's supposed to be satirical yeah. because, like, just everyone is just a little silly. Um especially in the politics scenes and like, you know, Annie is like calling the shots in the white house. Mm -hmm. But like every time I see it, I've seen it in Utah. So like when like, they're like Democrats are people too. Everyone's like, ah, and I'm like, I want to uh, rip my hair out. (laughs) (laughs) Hear me out. I love Annie. I'll, I'll fight for it. We'd like to thank you, Herbert Hoover. Incredible. I love that song. Did you see the, the TikTok the other day? Um, that was like, I, did you send it to me? Or you I were think like, you sent it to me. Oh, I love that. But it's the TikTok that goes, um, I live in fear of running into the guys who ask you what you're listening to on your headphones because they're going to find out very quickly. It's we'd like to thank you, Herbert Hoover. True. My people. <laughs> that sounds great. I one time cried while listening to it. I want to be in that show bad. Ugh. Honestly, you could still pull off Annie. I, oh my God, I'd be a great Annie. Okay, let's talk Could about you this episode. Me? Maybe not away, or maybe really by. Should oh, we talk beautiful. about Quinny first? Okay, let's talk about Quarty. All right. Oh, Quinny girl. You start. Okay. Um, I don't know. It is, <laughs> right? That's how I feel, too. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. There's it stuff also about, feels like very early to talk about all of this just because I know how it ends. Mm-hmm. And like so much of it is like trying to tell us it's going to end some way when I know it ends one way. And it's like, 
I want to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, stuff about this plotline I really like. I like the Quinn and Artie dynamic, two characters we have never seen interact really. Mm-hmm. And I think their friendship is like very genuine and cute. Yeah, totally. The scene when they're when Artie's trying to get Quinn to go up the like really steep ramp mm. is fantastic. Like yeah. it is their chemistry is incredible. The way that Diana starts like belly laughing during it is so fun. Yeah. Like that is when genuinely... she almost falls back down mm-hmm. the ramp. Like, like that's that scene, not acting. That's them like being friends. Yes. That scene genuinely is like very touching and fun. So I like that dynamic. I do like the whole deal where like Quinn is so convinced that like this is temporary, I'm gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. Um and the way that A, that is hard for Artie in the sense that like his is not temporary. Yes. And B, that Artie is like, well, not only Artie, but like multiple people are like, hey, but this also might not be as temporary as you think. Right. And Quinn is like so unwilling to accept that fact. Definitely. Because I think that is a very human experience to have something very dramatic happen to you and your coping mechanism is to be like, oh, well, it's all going to blow over. And you like cannot accept the fact that it might not blow over. Yeah, definitely. I like all of that. Um, It does feel... First of all, just like ridiculous, we talked about last week, that they had Quinn get hit by a car. Ryan Murphy hates this woman. Yeah. But then also, it just, I don't know, it feels like a, like a, feels like they're playing it safe. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. Like, Quinn is like so optimistic about everything, and they don't super delve into the fact that, like, they do hint at the fact that she's in denial a lot, but they don't like super delve into the fact that she's in denial. And Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I I like this plot line fine. Um, I do think it like invalidates a lot of people who like temporarily even use mobility aids mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like also I'm sure that's not the story they're trying to tell. So whatever. Um, I I uh, this plot line is so funny to me, especially when she's like you know PSAing Finn and she's like well texting while walking is how I started and it's like would Quinn be doing this the week she got back like can she be sad for a second you know I don't know I don't know how I I I'm excited to keep talking about it I just don't feel like this arc is even finished enough to like give my full thoughts on you know yeah a hundred percent because even with you saying that I was like well, her denial is pretty prevalent in the way that she is, like, so, so, so optimistic and so refuses to be sad about anything. Yeah. But, like, we haven't watched the rest of the season in a long time. Yeah. I don't really absolutely. remember Definitely. how she comes to process this information, so who Yeah, knows? no spoilers. Don't tell me. I'll watch the episode next week. I promise. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Um, yeah, but, like but let's talk about one thing that I know you're all waiting for us to talk about. The fact that my girly saying I'm still fucking standing. She's not. She's not. The, this just the most preposterous thing. I wish I could go back and relive the first time I saw this where Quinn where Rachel is in, is in the hallway saying, I just can't stop thinking about, Quinn and then she turns around and Quinn's in a wheelchair and then not two seconds later Elton John starts playing um I shit my pants 
what the fuck? It's so weird. And like this episode, I really enjoy it actually because it like feels very cheesy, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But this one is just like, come on, come on. This is a sick joke. What the fuck? Yes. Because it like obviously is, it's intentional and it's supposed to be funny. But it is like, you know... There's like some cheesy stuff with Cooper and Blaine that's that like I over love. the top I eat but it, funny. I eat it up for breakfast. But this is like maybe too touchy of a subject to be making this joke. I feel that way. Like it, just to jump on the, the Cooper stuff really quickly. The fact that these brothers are like fighting for the like the death of their relationship and it's just like what you guys like fought when you were kids like what Mm -hmm. is this about where it's like so low stakes but they treat it with such high stakes i love Mm -hmm. but like this is like the opposite where they're treating it with almost low stakes and it's such so like high and i'm like this just feels gross yeah you know yeah i don't know but i do like this cover hear me out they sound good together (laughs) they sound great (laughs) and listen i really i think this pair is really sweet um like Artie and Quinn is not a pair we've seen very, like, even, at all, question mark? I don't even know. Does Quinn speak to anyone? Um, and I really like them together. And, like, I really love, especially the moments with Artie where Quinn is like, well, this isn't my life. This is, like, just a temporary thing. And he's like, and you just see the pain in his eyes where he's like, well, this isn't temporary for me, so shut the fuck up. Like, that's really hurtful mm-hmm. to say. Like, it's just great acting on um, on his part. I just think it's lovely. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Up, Up, Up? I do! I love this scene. I just think it's so, so nice that, like, you know, Quinn, you know, in, in a, in a way wanted to, like, go do her regular senior skip day. And then Artie was like, you know what? Let's go do something that's, like, more accessible for you. And it's going to be funner. And, like, I'll show you a good time. I just think it's lovely. And, like, the juxtaposition of the roller coaster with her, like, you know, doing the, the skate park things. I think it's sweet. I love it. And, like, actual wheelchair users in the scene. I just mm-hmm. think it's great. I love it. Yeah. I like this song. Two Quinn features in one episode. It's I'm the apocalypse. In. Goodbye. Literally, that's what I was thinking is I was like, the thing is, do I like any of this? I don't think I do. Do I love two Quinn features? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like stuff in this plot and though genuinely. Mostly the stuff we've talked about with Artie and Quinn. I just think that yeah. relationship is very sweet. It is. On a logistical uh on a logistical sense, this number does not make sense. Uh, mm. One, it's senior ditch day. Yeah. Why are Rory, Sugar, Sam, Tina, and Artie all ditching school? None <gasps> of them are seniors. The entire Glee Club I... just ditches school. Half of them are juniors. Also, those who are not Quinn and Artie go to Six Flags. The closest Six Flags to Lima, Ohio is seven hours away. <gasps> oh my God. Why'd they say Six Flags? Like they filmed it out of Six Flags, but like exactly. Why couldn't you just like make up an amusement park and then film yeah. it at Six Flags? Like why did you actually call it Six Flags? I wonder so, if Ohio is anything close to an amusement park. Well, I'm sure they have amusement parks in Ohio. They used to have yeah, a Six Flags totally. in Ohio, but it closed in 2007. So maybe they went back in time to 2007. Well, Cedar- Cedar Point is in Ohio, and it yeah. looks like a pretty cool place. I just Googled it very quickly. 
What the fuck, Glee? That's so weird. So they all, <laughs> Maybe they that's all why. skip school, regardless of age. They got yeah. on a bus at uh, one in the morning, got to Six Flags at eight. They stayed We've until done it five, before. drove back, got in at midnight. That is true. We have done it before. Yeah. Dang. I'll do it again. They're Listen. really coming after us. <laughs> Seriously. Did you, you had a senior ditch day, did you? I did, and it got ruined. <laughs> Oh, I feel like you have told this story where, like, the cops got involved, right? Yeah. So our senior ditch day and our senior prank were going to be one thing. And the plan was that we were all the night before going to camp out in the parking lot so that when people came in the morning, we just, like, had... We were, like, intense and, like, roasting marshmallows and stuff. And we were like, this is a great idea. It doesn't... It's, like, not a destruction of property. Yeah, totally. It's not, like, targeting anyone. We can clean it up easily. It's just, like, Mm -hmm. funny. But the year before us, the seniors had done a huge prank that was, like, major destruction of property. And they, like, ripped doors off bathroom stalls and all this stuff. That is wild. They were menaces. The class that graduated before me are demons. And so the administration got really paranoid and straight up like had sleeper agents on Facebook back when, you know, teenagers used Facebook back in 2013. Yeah. Um, They had sleeper agents who were members of the administration who like made catfish accounts as teenagers (laughs) and joined the like Saguaro High School seniors group um, and would read all our messages. And so they knew the night we were planning to do it and they called the cops. And when we showed up to the parking lot, the cops were waiting for us. Uh, and so the plan was that. that we were all going to camp out and then we were all going to like go do something together the next day. Okay. That kind of got ruined because the cops were there and everyone just got like really disillusioned yeah. and like lost all motivation to do it. Yeah. So, if that happened to me, I think I would have been like, well, yeah. I'm going home. Bye. So like me and like 10 of my friends all went to my friend's house and we all just like stayed the night there and then just like hung out the next day instead of going to school. And that was my senior ditch day. It was lame. Did you have senior ditch day? I know that we did. Did I participate in my own way? Um, I think I, I think I just stayed home. Um, I don't, I didn't go out and do anything. I was kind of a lame person in high school and I, um, I don't know. Like, I had friends, but I was, like, so weird that I, like, couldn't even recognize that I had friends. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. those weird kids. Like, you know, Goob in uh, Meet the Robinsons. Yes, you know what I'm talking yes. about? Where Goob's like, nobody loves me. And there was like, hey, Goob, love you, Goobs. Have, like, have cool a good day, Goob. Goob. And he's like, my friend, friend. Like, that was me in high school. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty universal teenager experience. Oh, I'm sure. Is I would always, like, complain to my family members about how, like, I had no friends and no one liked me. And then they'd be like, well, what about so-and-so? And And -and so-and-so was hanging out with you the other day, and -and so-and-so talks about you. And I was like, shut up! I just need you you to sympathize with me. (laughs) Stop trying to bring reason into this. I know. My mom is always doing that. I'm always like, I've got no one. And she's like, you were with someone yesterday. And I'm like, (laughs) STFU, mom. Just hear me. Just hear me cry for a minute. James Louise. So yes, I had a senior ditch day. Did I just stay home and read? Probably. Yeah, neither of us were cool enough to drive fourteen hour round trip to a Six Flags. And I think some of my friends were doing like uh, Lagoon is our local amusement park, and I think they did that. But (sighs) nah, player. (laughs) Okay, I don't have a lot more to say about this plot line. I don't either. I am looking forward to talking about it more as it progresses. Yes. I can tell seeds are being planted. 
Yes. Um, you know, we touched on it before that scene where she's going up the ramp. Shining moment of this whole fucking show. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But that's all I have to say about this plotline this episode. My last thing about this plotline is there's a scene where Quinn is being pushed down the hall by the general idea of a person. And hmm. they're having this conversation about like she was how being pushed he's... down the hall? Yeah. Hmm. I don't remember. <laughs> they're having this conversation about how like He's praying for her and she's like, yeah, I'm praying to walk again too. And he's like, no, I'm just praying for you to like have peace and be able to accept whatever the outcome is, which I actually really did enjoy that scene. Um, But then out of nowhere, Quinn is like, oh, cool. Anyways, you should join the Glee Club. And for no reason, Joe. Who? The bag of brown sugar. Just rolls into booty camp That's and is very welcomed. kind to call him a brown a Honestly, bag of brown sugar. Brown sugar is far too interesting. Yeah, have you ever played with a bag of brown sugar? <laughs> I could do that for hours. Joe, an empty burlap sack, <laughs> is brought go. into booty camp and welcomed with open arms, which a pisses me off because up to this point, everyone has had to audition for Glee Club. Yeah. And Sugar Mata is fully in this room after the ordeal she went through where she was made she was made to audition and was rejected. Definitely. And now she, she sees her own thing. Yeah. Honestly, maybe what happened is Will didn't even notice Joe because he's so boring. He was like, Oh, Quinn just walked in by herself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I guess Quinn has an imaginary friend as a coping mechanism. Sure, totally. your imaginary friend can be in the group if that's gonna help you feel better about your situation. Totally. Whatever you need, Quinny. You know what I do really love about the scene of um, that uh, uh, rusty door hinge walking into the room? Uh-huh. I really love where Puck goes, hey, there's a twig in your hair. And because he is so convinced that he's just, like, bullying him, he just, like, immediately, like, looks like yeah. he's, like, whatever. He goes, no, no, for real. I If I had a dollar for every time I have been in a situation similar to that, <laughs> I would have, like, $43. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> the other thing that bothers me about this is there... It's like, it's, there's no reason for like this hair with legs to join the Glee Club. (laughs) Like it comes out of nowhere. He's never shown any interest. He doesn't add anything to the group dynamic. They were just like, well, ugh, we need Samuel Larson to be on the show because he won the Glee Project. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess Quinn just tells him to come with her after class and he ends up in the Glee Club. Like it comes out of nowhere. It's so weird. Totally, totally. And it's like, Why? Why is this mm-hmm. bag of all-purpose flour joining? Like, what good is this doing? What plot does this serve? I can't tell. It's just like I'm and, so bored. <laughs> and she just like the scene before she even was kind of mad at him. Yeah, where she was like mad that he was praying for her to have peace with whatever outcome instead of help praying for her to walk again. And then she just does this weird heel turn where she's like, okay, you human stick of celery. Actually, you're very inspiring. And I think you should come to Glee Club with me. It's dumb. I don't like it. I don't like him. He's boring. You know what that's called? What? Compet. Uh, it is. <laughs> it's her being like, hmm, a specimen I haven't dated. Come Seriously. to Glee Club. I only date people in Glee Club. Get into Glee Club. Well, that's ser- seriously all my Quinn thoughts for yeah, the episode. Yeah, me too. Do you have... 
just really fast, just to knock it out, because I don't have anything to say about this either. Do you have Puck, Finn, or Rachel thoughts? I mean, I have a general thought that is, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Yes. You know, and like, you know, I love when people question my girl, Rachel. Mm-hmm. And like... And it's so true, The like, the conversation about them getting married and moving to New York has been all about, um, all about Rachel. And yeah. I'm glad that, like, uh, they're even, the talk is even happening. Like, yes. I'm just very interested into seeing, in seeing where this goes next. Um, I loved uh, Puck calling, this feels like a Glee Corps memory of mine, Puck calling Abraham Lincoln a Broham Lincoln. Um, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. No, it's my fucking <laughs> favorite thing. It's a Glee Corps memory of mine. Um, and yeah, just him being like, I see a future for me in California. What do you think about this? And her like freaking out. Like, oh my gosh, I felt the same way. Where it's like, no, I'm a New York girl. Like, don't question me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just, I love it. So those are my, all my thoughts, though. Yeah. Like, it's certainly not my thoughts about the episode don't lie in this uh, plot, but yeah. I do like it. I also just like seeing Puck and Finn being good friends to each other. Yeah, definitely. And the way that Puck is like, well, getting married is like a partnership. Why does it always sound like you're the one giving things up and she totally. never gives anything up for you? And that's so true. I, I like, and it's such like a good way for a friend to approach doing that as well. Um, I just love it. And I think this show should focus more on the friendships. Swear to God, I'm Truly. so sick of these relationships. So Quinn like they can know each other without Oh my gosh, Quinn and Artie is a great Quinn example and Artie, of this. Fascinating. Quinn yeah. and Joe, I am asleep. Who I don't the fuck is Joe? Seriously. <laughs> Quinn and her imaginary friend. Next, please. Ugh. Quinn in the automation in her wheelchair. Let's go. <laughs> Get it out of here. Quinn in her self-driving wheelchair doesn't have anyone pushing it. I also think the last line of this episode is a very good line. Yeah. Ooh. When Finn says to Rachel, I need you to be really sure that you're in love with me and not who you want me to be. That is fucking powerful. Michael Hitchcock really said not pulling any punches with this one, baby. Seriously. It's poetic. I really like it. It's excellent. All right. Goodbye, Pinchall. Bye. Okay. Would you rather talk about... Next. Would you rather talk about Sue and her baby Mm -hmm. or talk about Issachar and Blaine? Oh, let's save Issachar and Blaine till the end. That feels like a treat. hoping you would say that. (laughs) Let's talk about Sue and her baby. All right. Give me your thoughts. Well, listen. My main thought. Roz Washington is the best thing that's going to happen to the show ever. Incredible. She has no business. NeNe Leakes is incredible on this stupid show. I love her. I love her. I love her. I love her on this show. It is so funny. I love her. 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 Fan theory. You're lying about your hatred of Natasha Pierre, the great comment of 1812. Roz Washington. Giving these monologues <laughs> and her talking about bats and Sue's vagina. I'll never laugh this hard again. Ian and Roz, Ian and Roz, Ian and Roz. And Isakar from the 1998 production of Joseph A. USF. <laughs> no, seriously, that fucking rocks. This episode is full of goodies. But seriously, Roz Washington talking about bats in Sue's Ugh. vagina. So I I cannot ask for more. 
I love it so much. Roz Washington deserves my whole heart. Um, but um, other than that, I like the scene where Emma's like, you can't go to your baby appointment by yourself. We'll go with you. I just love Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like... Um, Will confronting Sue and being like, hey, you can't treat my kids like this. I don't know what kind of situation you're running here, but like you really can't do this. And then Becky being the one to be like, maybe you should like be a bit more patient. And then her turning yes. around. Yes. I really like I think the arc of this this plot is very good. It's very good. Mm hmm. I, as a rule, think that Sue being pregnant is stupid. But OK, <laughs> I do think that Sue is in... It still feels like we're being pranked about this It does. Plot. It does. It's very weird. And I like the show can't really like decide what the tone is with it. Yeah. Um, but Sue is in her prime in this episode. And I do yeah. love all the character stuff that comes out of it that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I also just think like Jane Lynch is at her funniest this episode. Seriously, she's so funny. She does a lot of funny stuff with Cooper that we'll talk about when we get to the Cooper stuff, mm-hmm. but even just in, just in like this section, seeing her interact with the Glee club is so good. So funny. The, the way when Will tells her that she's being too mean to the kids. And he says that Kurt sent him an email that says that she's meaner than Tabitha. And she says, first of all, I have no idea who person is referring to. I'm assuming it's gay and niche. <laughs> And then when she talks about how she's going to find out the sex of her baby, but she refers to it as, I'm going to find out the sex of (laughs) my daughter. daughter. That, okay, listen, I think about having children almost never. But when I do, I think about it just like this, where it's like, ugh, the idea of having a boy is disgusting. They'll pee all over my seats. (laughs) Like, she is so freaking hilarious when she talks about having a girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also... The way, like, they clearly want Sue to be involved with the Glee Club this season, which is yeah. fine. And I'm the in. way they go about it in this episode makes sense. Yes. Where Figgins is like, I'm going to make Roz your co-captain. And Sue's like, no, you're not. If I can get an extra $10,000 from a national championship with the Glee Club, can I remain the sole captain? He says yes. And that is perfect motivation for Sue to coach the Glee Club, which then makes me ask, why on earth did they have her start coaching it last episode when she had no reason to? Why didn't they just save it for now? What happened last episode? At the Finchel wedding, Sue is there. She tells Will, like, oh, I couldn't miss Finn and Rachel getting married. And then she says to Will that she wants to help him win a national championship with the Glee Club. And he's like, that's kind of out of character for you. And she's like, yeah, I'm just you know, like turning a new leaf because I'm having a baby. And it was so out of character and so dumb and so unmotivated. Sure. Why did they do that if this episode they're going to present a perfectly valid reason for her to start coaching? Totally, totally. It's stupid. That makes no sense. Like, I think I can like roundabout uh, make that make sense in my head. But it's also like the writers didn't mean to do that. You know, they were Mm -hmm. just like, we got to get her into the Glee Club Um, uh, here. No, actually, this one's better. Let's do this one. Where it's like, you already did that one. So what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. All right. Real fast. Hmm. Best two Roz Washington lines, in my opinion. One. Tell him. The doctor had to shine a flashlight in your vajayjay to get all the bats out. (laughs) I understand that having bats out of your womb is an important part of having a baby when you're older than God. (laughs) 
referring to Sue as older than God <laughs> is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I also just think someone like kind of handing Sue's ass to her uh-huh. is one of my favorite things ever because Sue is like, you know, we like classically the villain on this show yeah. who like is always bullying people. And then someone being like a match for her that is frankly way better than her at it is. Yeah. And Sue even knows she is so funny about it. She's like, well, you talking about my vagina. It's so funny. And like, I don't like Sue having a baby, but honestly, it might be worth it for the jokes we get out of it because goodness, they are good. I know they are. They're really good. The other one is Older when- Older than God. The other one is when Figgins tells Sue that uh, Roz is going to be the co-coach, the co-captain, and Sue says, this will not stand. And Roz says, oh, it's going to stand. And yeah. you know what else is going to stand? Your fully grown adult baby when he pops out of your birth canal before he hurries off to the high-powered law firm where he just made partner. <laughs> oh. It's so good. I Roz Washington owns my soul. I love her. Goodness. Oh, man. All right. Other big scene in this is when Sue takes over booty camp. First of all, booty camp is still a thing. I know. I literally was like, oh, here's booty camp. Wow. Good to know. I'm glad the writers remember. Also, pleased to see that it looks like it's mandatory for everyone now. Yes. Oh, I'm very glad to see that. Will picking on certain students and making them feel bad about themselves. Yes. Some stuff in booty camp that I think is so funny. Uh, when they're dancing, Rachel does like this dumb little Fosse move where she like uh-huh. is pretending to be it's holding the hat. of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> when Sue throws Mercedes' phone and it blows up, it cuts to Brad and he does a fist bump. He's like, yes! <laughs> and then this one is so funny to me. Finn walks in late. And he like doesn't realize he was there and he is looking at his phone and he goes, I booked a tour for the railroad museum on Friday, which means we're going to have an awesome senior ditch day. <laughs> tour for the railroad. Finn is so weird. <laughs> I love him. This episode uh, is so funny. Oh, it's very good. I also love when Sue calls. Oh, <laughs> she's talking about how like who's ever like judging the glee competitions and she calls one of them a late night horror movie host and i went that's us we're the late night (laughs) horror movie (laughs) i freaking love that scene so much it's Uh, so funny this episode rocks Um, i know this episode is great (laughs) she also says that one of the reasons she's coaching glee club is because will needs at least one adult friend Oh, that was so funny. And I really did like the scene where she like apologizes to them and she's like, I need to be here because they need to like (laughs) Will needs an adult friend. And like, I just think you guys are great. And I hope that my baby can like soak up some of your goodness. I think it's sweet. Like, I feel like scenes in Glee that like kind of are like that sometimes tend to lean into being kind of cheesy and gross and Mm -hmm. weird and i think this one like jane lynch is just like so subtle that it doesn't do that for me and i really like it and i also like the kind of like discovery we've made with sue's character this season where like she is self-aware of the fact Mm -hmm. that she's a very bitter person and that makes her unhappy yeah and so and she recognizes that like will and the glee kids are happier than she is totally And so she wants her child to be more like them definitely also, I love it. 
Will's such an idiot. The Agreed. Way, like, I accepting Sue's help, sure. But the way that he leaves her in charge alone with these students and then is like, wait. You, you were mean to my kids, what the them? hell? Like you've been doing for three years? I never saw this coming. Like, no, duh, Will. That's all she does. And when she helped you coach the Glee Club in season one and season two, because it's happened every season so far, that's exactly what happened. Come Agreed. on. Agreed. He is so dumb. I don't know. He does so many things, especially this season, where it's like, what's going on? You know, where I can tell that this season they kind of, understand that like they don't then they know the audience doesn't really like respond to will very much so he's just kind of there sometimes to like Mm -hmm. be in the kids's way which frankly i like because he's not in the show very much but it like doesn't make sense when he is where he's like you know telling the kids not to go to the authorities or like leaving them with sue when it's like you know this bitch what's going on (laughs) yeah he can still be a fleshed out (sighs) character and also not be in the show very frequently you know yeah. Silly. Well. Should we talk about our boy, Isakar? Let's talk about Isakar. Oh, I'm excited. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Hungry like the wolf. Truly the highlight of this episode. And honestly, apart from Isakar, who of course like is doing a great job, is so funny. Yes. Also, so refreshing to get a Blaine plot line. Oh my because, God, for real. I was yeah. like trying to rack my brain. I don't know that I can remember a Blaine yeah. plot line that doesn't have anything to do with Kurt. Because Blaine gets a ton of screen time on the show. For but sure. he is almost only ever used as a vehicle for songs mm-hmm. or as like a vehicle for another person to be reacting to. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I find him so boring is we never get plot lines where like he is the catalyst and he is the one going on the arc. And this storyline, I like Blaine so much more in this storyline than I have in like any episode up to this point. Oh my god, absolutely. Because like think about it. Like, I mean, we talked about um, on our what's our friends podcast, the Annie and Graham podcast that we love. Mm-hmm. They're called it's typecasting. Typecasting. Pop culture by the numbers. Pop culture baby. by the numbers. I love this podcast. Hosted we were by on Lucas and Marjana too. Marjana too. I love you guys. But you guys should go check out their podcast. Oh my gosh, do not uh, do not sleep on their podcast. But we were on there to talk about um, a bunch of the Glee characters, and we talked about Blaine like we truly couldn't talk about much. Like he is truly like in the show to be a helper for Kurt and to mm-hmm. be a plot device for Kurt. But in this episode, he's stubborn. He is like, he, uh, he like fights back. He like has, um, I don't know, ambition and thought and like l- just so much loveliness and like, you know, faults that I'm like, God, where was this guy? He is great in this episode. Mm-hmm. He's such a brat, which like, Oh my gosh, show me more of that. Oh my gosh. This person is like, a character what's going on i love it i love to see it <laughs> the one thing that bothers me about this plot is and this is something that shows do literally all the time mm-hmm. is like blaine has this brother who we suddenly learn about is like very important in who he is as a person and like really affected who he is Mm-hmm. And then they like go on this huge arc together and then they end the episode and are like, now we're really good friends and our relationship is healed and we're going to be in each other's lives. We have never heard yeah. a whisper of Blaine having a brother before this. We will never yeah. hear him mention his brother ever again. 
Yeah, totally. Which, classic this Literally, show. But it is a shining moment. <laughs> that last scene when they're hugging and uh, Issachar is like, oh, we're not just brothers, we're friends, right? I wrote, don't hold your breath, you're never going to be mentioned yeah. again. No, you're like, not Like, not good friend. enough friends for Blaine to ever think about you after you leave. Yeah, much like your stint at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. One and done. You're going there one time. You're never yeah. coming back. One and done, and you had sex on Lena's couch, much like your stint at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. But that being said, I love this guy. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but I know guys just like this. I'm obsessed. Um, let's talk about the songs. Um, let's talk about like Hungry Like the Wolf slash Rio, Duran Duran. You don't have to like them. Just love me. Okay, you got, you got it. <laughs> um, how do you like that song? I like it. I don't have much to say about it. I wasn't blown away, but I think it's good. I do like the idea that they have a whole like... Mm-hmm. like dance number yes it's like the most dancing we've seen from like a duet other than like a mike and tina duet obviously um mm-hmm. like that is like it's choreographed like they like probably sat up in their in their like living room doing this and i love that that feels very sibling to me i also love the next scene when they're at breadsticks when uh <laughs> cooper says to blaine he talks about how his dancing was a little off and he says mm-hmm. well your moves lacked a theme and Blaine says, my theme was dancing, I guess. I think that is so funny. <laughs> I know. I know. I love that. Um, uh, one thing about this number that I do did notice, the lip syncing is whack. It is so inconsistent. Yeah. One, I don't think Matt Bomer is a great lip syncer just in general. I don't think most people are. True. I think it is a skill that you have to kind of like work on. But on top of that, this is like... You know, supposed to be a duet, these two brothers singing. And for most of it, they're both singing at the same time, like if you listen. And yet there are multiple times when one of them fully is just not moving their mouth. Mm. Like one of them is singing and then you can see the other brother and he's like laughing or like making a frustrated face. And it's like, wait, but then who's singing the other part if you're not? And, you know, I think that's a problem I have with this show as it goes on is like the production value of these songs are so good where it's like their voices layered on top of each other with layers and layers and layers and Mm -hmm. layers. And then it's like, of course, they're not singing four parts at once. They're only two people, you know. And then it's like, of course, they have to have like these acting beats in it. And it's like they're not thinking about that when they're recording these songs. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, it is weird. It made no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. Welcome to Glee. You know, I love Before They Start where um, <laughs> Matt Bomer is like, let's do it, Blaine. Let's sing a song. Um, and then Blaine's like, ah, I don't really know. And then Kurt goes, oh, please, you're both so handsome and also good. <laughs> Just love that. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my gosh. And I love, oh, my gosh, one of my favorite moments of this entire song is that's like very cheesy it's like some of the most cheesy like the che- like the cheesiest thing i think we've seen on the show in a minute i think um and having santana react to it is so mm-hmm. funny she's like sitting there like mouth agape like oh my god it is so funny i love it and then i love their scene at breadsticks and the flashback where it's like your dancing is bad blaine and he goes i only learned to walk three years ago <laughs> so cute 
Do you want to talk about, honestly, I'm going to say it, one of the funniest, like, top-to-bottom funniest scenes in the entirety of Glee Which is Icar's Masterclass. Uh, I do. I, I really do. Everything about this scene. The fact that it starts out with uh, his headshots taped to the whiteboard. All of the, like, advice that he's giving, like you said, the way that the actors, like, the other characters are reacting, this scene is so, so, so incredibly funny. The entire thing is so hysterical. Yeah. It, like, frankly makes me angry that he's never on this show again, because mm-hmm. I can tell how, like, Matt Bomer is ready to cash that check. He is, like, working hard for his money. Like, rent is due today. He is, like carrying the shit on his back and like just the like the like the disjointed like advice he's giving it is so like 25 year old returns to their high school and gives like Mm -hmm. i don't know just like tidbits of information they've like gathered in like their three years of college it is so fucking funny i laugh my butt off i like i watched it twice because i was like i need to hear every word he's saying there's also just like a bunch of really small moments like blaine says something about how this is terrible advice. And then Cooper says, I'm sorry, Blaine, are you an internationally beloved spokesperson for the Globe's fastest growing credit website? And when he asks it, Finn turns around and looks at Blaine like, well, are you? Yeah. And Sugar goes, no. And then when they're doing, uh, when Blaine and Rachel are doing the scene from NCIS and then... Cooper keeps nitpicking Blaine's performance and giving him notes and then they like get in a fight and start yelling at each other mm-hmm. and it does a wide shot of them in this fight. Rachel is still fully in character checking Tina's <laughs> <Yes>. pulse. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's so funny. Also, that fight is so genius because it, you know, like it gives us insight into the relationship. It moves the plot along, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. but it keeps it from ever getting corny. Because they get into that huge fight and it's very dramatic. Blaine says to Cooper, you're my brother. Why can't you just support me? And Cooper says, I'm sorry, are you talking to me? Because I can't tell if you're talking to me if you don't point your finger. And everyone and is like, yes. And Santana does this not like, oh my gosh, of course. Of course. It's like Ugh. I'm finally getting it. Oh, It's so funny. I want to take this master class. Matt Bomer, come teach a master class on our podcast, please. Seriously. I love, love, love this scene. It's so funny. And like I, I said before, I feel like I'm in on a joke here, you know? Mm-hmm. I I just, I feel so seen and heard and loved here in this episode. Yeah, well, and it does, it does like, I mean, you can tell it's written by theater kids, that it yes. does go after the like go-to bad acting choices that you think are powerful when you are like just starting college. Totally. I love it. Gosh, I love it too. I'm just, I could go on and on and on about it. I just think it's lovely. Another thing I love about this plot line is Sue's interactions with Cooper are so, so funny. I'm obsessed. The way he like kisses her on the mouth and the way that, like, he kisses her on the mouth, and it's not like she's not disgusted by it, but she's also not like she doesn't, like, lean into it. It's more like she she's is so, she's so shocked and, like, a little bit into it that she doesn't know how to react. Totally. And she just kind of stands there, and then he goes, Namaste. And she goes, 
Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's walks so away. funny. <laughs> also, the fact that she thinks he is Kurt's brother. She introduces yes. him as Porcelain's brother. And the way that she starts the class where she introduces him is she writes lazy idiots on the board. Yes. <laughs> and then says, lazy idiots. Your leader has informed me that my methods are harsh and too extreme. <laughs> Your leader. Ugh. Also, she like when she first sees Cooper, she has that line about like, if Alan Menken isn't writing a musical about your life right now, I'll track him down and beat him with a cudgel, mm-hmm. which is funny. <laughs> but then Jane Lynch's delivery on you, sir, are a Disney prince. Is like she gets like kind of breathy when she says it, and yeah. you can tell that it's she's, like she's getting like, like emotional. Yeah, she's getting like really worked up, and she says it, and then just stares at him for a few seconds, and then walks away. It is genius. It Jane is. Lynch is so funny. It's also I noticed when she is watching them sing, she is like singing along and like clapping, like she is the most overjoyed she's ever felt in her whole life. It is so funny. I love Jane Lynch. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I do, too. She's a shining (sighs) star in this episode. She is. Give her an Emmy. All right. What did you think of Fighter? I immediately, I wrote immediately when he does the the monologue in the beginning that is, like, pre-recorded. I wrote, Ian's going to hate this. True. And I know you did. Um, It definitely takes me, I think, it's, like, so... So cheesy, and I don't think I was on board with the cheesiness until the the screens came out. Yes, and you and like you know there was a bunch of like you know shots of him in in his commercial and like his headshots and stuff that I really got into it. And I, but I do really like this number. Yes, I felt the same way. It started out, and I was like, oh, this is really cheesy and mm-hmm. really forced. And yes. then within like the first minute of the number, I was like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're aware of the fact and they're leaning into yes, it. Yes, they're leaning into it. Yeah. And then I ended up really liking it. I I do too. And that's literally the exact journey I went on. I think I would have liked if it would have been like a dream sequence. Mhm. Um just like to lean into the cheesiness even a little more. You know what I mean? Cuz yes. I was like, wow, he's really yelling at his brother in the middle of this hallway in a song and I love mm-hmm. that. But I just think that would have added to it, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But I went on the same journey where I was like, am I into this? I'm into this. I just think Michael Hitchcock gets the camp that is Glee. Yeah, totally. This this number, if it was played completely straight, would be awful. Yeah. But Michael Hitchcock was like, okay, so people are going to want like a sexy Darren Chris number, but to make it work... I am yeah. going to make it way oversexed and way yeah. overdramatic. Yeah. And then it will be With, so like, much that it is now motion. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm obsessed. Yeah. And like the screens in the background, I just eat it up. One thing that's dumb about this number, though, is at the very beginning, Blaine says something to Cooper and refers to him as Big Brother. He's like, hey, Big Brother, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Why do people always do that in media? Never once have I spoken to one of my siblings by being like, hey, Big Brother, hey, Big Sister. I need yeah. to tell you something. I call them by their name. <laughs> yeah. Dumb. Or a nickname that is yeah. mean. Exactly. Or I fully insult them to their face. Or I call them a dumb whore. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, totally. That's super Taco. But, I mean, I have a theory. Maybe we don't want to keep this in. 
I think that I don't, uh, I, I had a tough time getting into the cheesiness of this number. Maybe we don't want to keep this in because Blaine hasn't really been on this show while it's been cheesy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think Darren Chris, you know, Darren Chris wasn't on in like season one. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think we have seen a lot of, we have a little bit with like Rachel's stuff, um, a little, but like, it's not really been like a whole episode that is like so tongue in cheek like this one. Yes. And the Blaine stuff is up to this point has always kind of been like a Kurt vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, the Kurt stuff is like handled with like love and importance and like weight, you know? Yeah. And especially like Kurt in a relationship is like the Klein stuff has always been completely sincere. Yeah. So you're so right. We have not seen Blaine really do anything that wasn't like mm-hmm. absolutely sincere. Yeah. And so it is, it does take a minute to like recalibrate your senses and be like, oh, yeah. this is... This is exaggerated on purpose. Okay, yeah. it's not supposed to be sincere. Right. Like, even the Warbler stuff that was, like, silly was never including Blaine. Like, Blaine yeah. was the straight man in the Warblers, you know? Yeah. It was always the Warblers being weirdos. True, true. True, true. Well, I mean, I love it. Um, And then we have the Gautier song. Yeah. I have so little to say about this. I think it's good. I think the yep. song works for the story. I think they agreed. sound good. I yep. think it is 2012 because they're singing this song. Yep. Agreed. Um, do I have anything written down? Oh, I do. Um, I love when Kurt goes to Blaine and is like, I feel like you should go talk to your brother. He's in the auditorium. And uh, Blaine's like, I don't really know if I can talk to him right now. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, where did I write it down? Um, how about you do it in the best, most honest way you know how? And my first thought was, modern dance you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> i just think it's so funny that they're like if you don't need to talk about it sing about it and it's like glee is so funny and i just love being in this world where like <laughs> my feelings are too big i gotta sing them i love it mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, anyway there, that's my thought about that uh, there's one thing that happens in this scene normally when this happens it's rachel but i've talked about this before that sometimes Glee will do things that are so exactly what I do that I'm like, this is humiliating. What? This is really awful. Okay. Um, I you know that I do this because I talk to you about it. Cooper I also and know Blaine. You. What? I also know you. True. Cooper and Blaine. I cannot. Oh my gosh! Everyone's gonna hate me. I'm gonna. Cooper and Blaine have this heart to heart. It's very tender. It's very emotional. It's very heartwarming. They hug it out. Blaine goes to break the hug and Cooper says, hold on. I want to remember this emotion so I can use it in a scene someday. (laughs) I know you do that. (laughs) I have talked to Lena about this. Freaking recently. Like two weeks ago. Um, When I am like in the biggest emotional turmoil of my life, there will always be a voice in my head that says, hey, really pay attention to how you're feeling and reacting right now. So if you're ever in a scene where you have to portray this emotion, you know what to do. You're a monster. It's awful. that but i do sometimes when i'm going through emotional turmoil i'm like this is what the artists write poems about that's true i was very i was really going through it a couple weeks ago 
and I was lying on Lena's couch, uh, lying in some stuff that may have come from Matt Bomer. Um, <laughs> I was lying on Lena's couch, and I was just like talking about how I was like, I just like, I hate that this happened. I wish it had never happened. Blah 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 blah. And Lena kept being like, "Are you kidding me? This is my, this is what poets dream of. Think of all the content you can make from this." Listen, being an artist, it ain't easy, bitch. We're broken. <laughs> we can't go through emotional turmoil without thinking of how we can capitalize on it. Honestly, I do have a tough time with that. Uh, yeah. Are we sociopaths? I don't know. Honestly, the thought has crossed my mind. I won't ah! deny it. I don't think I'm a sociopath. <laughs> but I have thought about it before. Well... Do we have more thoughts about this episode? I don't think I have more thoughts. Um, I don't think I do either. He does say, uh, Cooper does say that Stanislavski said that the fingers are the eyes of the body, but he didn't mention that the toes are the ears. Ears. I, uh, Cooper Anderson is such a shining star on this show. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm obsessed. I hate guys that are actually like this in real life. But I love that I can laugh at this show about it. Yes. Matt Bomer, if you want to start a podcast, Izakar and Izakar, let me know. I would also like to moderate the podcast. I did not play Izakar. Izakar and Izakar and the Pharaohette. Izakar and Izakar and the Ishmaelite woman. I was an Ishmaelite woman. You know what I was upset about? They call them a hairy bunch of Ishmaelites. They didn't even give me a beard. I would have worn a beard. Anyway. That's our episode, y'all. Doom, doom, doom. Best part, worst part. Boom. Ian, what was your best part of Big Brother? Oh my gosh. Best number is hard. Um, Frankly, I'm going to be honest. I absolutely love this episode. Mm-hmm. None of the numbers super stand out to me. Yeah. I guess best number is up, up, up. I do like that number. Just, I love a Quinn feature after all this time. The uh, roller coaster stuff is fun. I also noticed Mercedes does not get on the roller coaster. I noticed that as well. I wonder what that's about. I imagine they clearly filmed it on the actual roller coaster. Like they just yeah. like put cameras on. I wonder if Amber Riley gets motion sick and she was like, mm. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Because they just like, she's just like on the side waving at them. She's like, they bye leave. guys. Yeah, like, and they <laughs> they make Rory sit next to some little girl because they're an odd number since she didn't come with them. Mm-hmm. Also, are Rory and Sugar officially dating? Are they? They have their arms around each other during Still Standing. I think standing. so. I think it's like kind of like a, a Mike Chang and Britney thing where it's like... Yeah, like they the were actors like just decided... Dating, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Anyways. I don't know. Up, 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 I guess is my favorite number. Frankly, none of these numbers really stand out to me. Totally. Uh, none best... of them, are, I think, are bad. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't love I'm Still Standing, but it's just like, you know. Yeah. The the beautiful things about this episode is like the, oh. the, the dialogue, you yeah. know. And I will always take a better story and better dialogue over like good musical numbers. Yeah. Um, Best part is the masterclass. Yeah. Like every little bit of that is so, so yeah. funny. 
And if you are like in the theater community and have met people who are like way too big for their britches and like yeah. think that they're a master of their craft because they have had like a modicum of success, it is like yeah. such a universal they booked experience. One commercial. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. I know. I love it. All right. What is your best part? I think my best song is probably the Duran Duran number, but I agree. Like none of the songs are like, you know, um, particularly my faves. Um, I, I, the Cooper Anderson stuff is just amazing. I love the masterclass. I love when he like turns into his headshots. We talk about dynamic headshots. I love all that. I also just love the Roz Washington stuff. I'm obsessed. Mm -hmm. I'd say those are my favorite parts of the episode. What was your worst part of the episode? When the color beige joins the Glee Club, it like makes no sense. Like it's like it comes out of nowhere. It doesn't really make sense for Quinn's character in that moment to be like, hey, Joe, come join Glee Club. Mm -hmm. It doesn't add anything to the episode. It has nothing to do with the plot. They just needed Samuel Larson to like be in more scenes. Mm -hmm. I just think it's dumb and forced. What is your worst part? Probably I'm still standing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's just a sick joke. I don't think it's like, there are so many things that are cheesy in this episode that are also funny, but this one is like, Ugh. yeah. Come on. Come on. And say that. All right. Well, no assignment of the week, unless you want to say what song you would sing with your brother. Mm, I don't think I would ever in my life sing a song with him. <laughs> Great. No what song. song would you sing with your brother? Um, Alex and I have sung songs together many times. We sang yeah. Agony from Into the Woods together one time. Do you feel like your brother is kind of like Cooper? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm yeah. sorry, Alex. Alex, <laughs> I, I love this episode because you are Cooper Anderson to a T. Well, I bet your your age difference is probably similar. Uh, maybe. Maybe. The thing is, Matt Bomer is like fully thirty-five in this episode. No, totally. He's and like Blaine much, is supposed much older. to, yeah. And Blaine is supposed to be like seventeen. But I get I feel the sense like, that he's like you know probably just like ten years older than him. Yeah, but I feel like Cooper. Well, especially when they're kids. Yeah. I think their age difference is supposed to be like six years, which is Alex yeah. and Mai's age difference. Mm -hmm. Uh. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit. He's also well, been on Parks and Rec. True. He also was an extra in Parks and Recreation. <laughs> And Modern Family. And Glee, lest we forget. Lest we forget. <laughs> he is an extra in a season five episode of Glee. Well, we should have him on that episode. <laughs> we can't. Uh, you've said that you can't find him before. So. No, he is in it. You I can't? didn't realize his, one of his friends saw him. He sent me a picture. Okay, good. Well, yeah, we should he have is him on that it. episode. All I right. That. Well, Great. stay well, tuned, everyone. That's your episode on Big Brother, you guys. Woo! If you have thoughts about this episode you'd like to share, did I mean, and if you have thoughts about the 1998 production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat that happened at Utah Shakespeare Festival. Or if um, you have like an analysis of Issachar as a character. As a character. Or a biblical <laughs> in, in, figure. Well, listen, in his production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, he's saying the, there's one more angel in heaven. Matt Bomer yeah. did? Yeah. Uh -huh. What? Uh-huh. Dang. Uh-huh. Well, you know, the brothers, they don't really have like a signed no. stuff in the, the show I all know the time. That. I've seen it where it's like, you know, brothers randomly sing the songs. Yeah. Well, in the script, it just says brother one, brother, brother two. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't specify which brother. Yeah. So Isakar sang one more angel in heaven that time. I just, I thought we had this kinship where we both were like the brother who didn't speak. 
Oh, really? He's not. Well, have you Googled him at all? Do you even, are you even a fan of Matt Bomer? Does this mean I'm not going to be in Magic Mike? Probably not, dude. What's even Would you be in Magic Mike? No. That's, I think, your answer. If I have to work out that much for a role, it's going to be for a Marvel movie. <laughs> I know, they movie. like don't drink water and stuff. That sounds bad. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> continuing For on. a Marvel movie. <laughs> Um, if you have thoughts about this episode or any of the things we just listed, you can go ahead and send them to anchor.fm slash recoveringleek or to our email, recoveringleek at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media at recoveringleek underscore podcast on Instagram and TikTok at recoveringleek on Twitter. Vote who did Isakar best, Matt Bomer <laughs> or me. <laughs> you better vote Matt Bomer. <laughs> Do not. Honestly, vote your conscience. Um, yeah. when you're in that voting, that Twitter voting booth, no one else can see you. It's that's just between you and the ballot. Vote your conscience, please. Vote if I had what a you dollar best. for every time I have thought about tweeting, just because like the Twitter voting is so anonymous, tweeting, do you like me? Yes or no? Please don't. I know. I know that I never will because hear me out. If even one person says no, I'll that's be what so I was going to say. Obviously, like, even I if one person says no as a joke, I wouldn't know yeah. if it was a joke. I guarantee that yes will win by a landslide, but like even anyone voting no would be like such such a blow to our psyches. <laughs> like, well, we you and me have both have the problem where we like need to be liked. Um, more than people, more than anyone I've ever met, you and me have a really tough time with that. Oh, yeah, that's why I go to therapy. If you like this podcast, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you love this podcast and you have a little cash to spare, go ahead and donate. Anchor.fm slash Recovering Gleek. Click that support button. Love you all very much. May all of your wounds with your big brothers heal. Happy Bones Day, you guys. Happy Bones Day. I hope Wednesday is a Bones Day, too. Yeah, otherwise Gosh. this episode's just going to seem like we're rubbing it in your faces. Ooh, but, you know, that's okay. <laughs> Love you guys so much. Here is a kiss on your forehead from me to you if you accept. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Recovering Gleek. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at recoveringgleek underscore podcast. If you liked our podcast, be sure to leave a review. And tell your friends, please. I am genuinely worried about the fallout of me admitting uh, to the entire internet that during big traumatic events, I think about how they will further my acting career. How is anyone going to love me after this? Well, <laughs> I'll love you. I know you did that. Uh, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, if you... I, I support you in cutting it out. I don't I think it's funny. And you you mention how it's like this is a, a fault of mine. So I think if you were like, it's really funny, you, oh. I think it would be something oh. to be concerned about. But you I'm, know it's bad. I'm keeping it in. Oh good, you better. I think it's funny. But it it truly is like a borderline sociopathic tendency of mine. Hey, you know what? <laughs> we all got borderline sociopathic yeah. tendencies. Hold on, we're still recording. <laughs> What? Did you stop Are recording? You? No. Yeah. That, this is our stinger. I'm I totally this. absolutely forgot. <laughs> I thought you and me were just having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll stop recording now. <laughs> Bye. Bye.